your menstrual cycle it's your feedback loop so wherever you are in your on your life journey your menstrual cycle will uh, have a response to it menstrual cycle is really sensitive to stress um, to depression you know so it tells you how you are experiencing life at the moment do you want to wake to that or not can you meet that Hello, my name is Adele Jared Carr, and you're listening to Revillaging, the podcast that speaks to our very human need for connection. I wound up taking a rather longer break than expected, especially as I hadn't intended to take a break at all. This episode was recorded back in February, and the intention was to release it in March, but then March happened. And um, the UK lockdown, they initially required me to pour all of my resources into looking after myself and my family as I'm sure the same was true for you. I feel like in this time we've experienced community in such rich and unexpected ways um, considering there's been a separation whether that was having deeper conversations with a friend over the phone or discovering little presents on the doorstep. But it's also been a time where the great ruptures in society have come to the surface and we see at full blast the violence of having traded community for individualism. There is a lot of pain. So conversations like this one are needed more than ever. In this episode, I speak with Victoria Defer, who is a menstrual educator for young people as well as a forest school teacher. I was really interested in the way she sees connecting girls with their bodies, nature, their mothers and each other as a pathway to creating a world where shame does not separate us. Victoria specifically speaks about girls and women because they are the focus of her work, but I'm aware that girls and women are not the only ones who menstruate and that not all girls and women do. I'm very interested in how we can take this wider application of tuning into the cycles of nature and allowing them to create more understanding between us. As a short-term goal, wouldn't it be amazing for all young people to access quality menstrual education? I feel like that in itself would be a game changer. Somewhat ironically, the day before this recording, I had recorded the previous episode of the podcast, which do listen if you haven't had a chance. It's all about um, finding authentic community in um, in the workplace. And um, I spoke with the extremely lovely and understanding Sahil Koilu. And I feel I need to say understanding because it was a case of what could go wrong did go wrong. And it was because I was on my period. And um, I didn't feel able to tell him. Thankfully, you can't tell any of this from listening. But it really highlighted to me how ingrained this shame around the body is. And actually, the conversation you're about to listen to was quite healing. So with nature, it means there's two parts to it. Uh, There is the outer cycle part where... Um, we take groups of girls outdoors through forest school and it's all seasons, all weathers 
and uh, then there is the other part which is uh, the inner cycles and it's about menstrual cycle awareness for girls as well so what I propose is uh, preparing girls for their first bleed mm. yes yeah and that is the kind of work that you only come to if there's been a story <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come to do to this work it's really started where a group of friends met up and I'm one of the friends in many years we haven't met up and she asked how are you and it's one of those days when you can't bring yourself to say okay I'm all right and I've been a mother for three years and struggled a lot and she said uh, why don't you go to a red tent and I said what is it she said oh, it's a woman's circle and within that circle, the menstrual cycle was mentioned, and really my body tingled. It was like, oh, what's that? You know, I've been you know, living with a menstrual cycle uh, for 15 years and totally ignore it. And, and then, yes, so I just I was drawn by my curiosity and hearing women's stories. It felt really relevant to, to dig deeper into it. So what happened in the women's circle? Just because some people may not have even heard of that. Okay, so a women's circle, it's a place uh, where uh, we share part of our story, but it's a very safe way. You know, it's a very health container. And we, we're here to be authentic, you know, um, and to be listened to. So in a women's circle, you may come, you can bring your joy, you can bring your grief, you can bring, you know, you come with what you have and, and it's accepted. And at no point anybody is going to challenge you or advise you. Um, it's, yes, you are there to be, to express yourself, to be listened to and, what I found really magical, and it has been a massive learning for me, is that each woman was telling a part of my story. And sometimes I didn't feel like speaking because I'm thinking, you've told my story already, you see. And that's really, you know, we are a mirror to each other. The first time I heard a message, listening to my menstrual cycle, noticing my menstrual cycle, you know, what's arising day to day for me. Uh, as a cyclical being, you know. And that was, wow, never heard of that message. Never heard of it spoken in a positive way, Yeah, you know, with no shaming. That's the thing, in a woman's circle, there's no shaming. Mm. And it's weird at first. It's really weird when you have never had experience um, this, to come into a circle of women and share to that depth in a non-shaming way, listening, it's just that. Yeah, mind-blowing. So I came out, suddenly, with a tool, you know. So for years, I journaled day to day. Then I said, I need to know more, I need to know more, and did some training. And now I come to a point where I don't need to journal anymore. I can tune in daily, see where I am at. And with a menstrual cycle, it's not something static. So when you think you notice a pattern occurring, you say, yeah, I've clocked this now, da, da, da. it's often the moment the menstrual you know, is going to send you a message, it's going to shift because it's to keep your awareness, you know, and 
and you evolve. We evolve as a as a being. We're never static. So yeah, it's really good. It's fascinating. Could we have a quick run through of what the menstrual cycle or that it might encompass just because some people hear the menstrual cycle and just think, well, isn't it just the period? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, we consider the day one, so your first day of bleed to be your first day of your cycle. So for example, if you're spotting a bit beforehand, we don't consider that a day one, it's really, you have a proper flow. That's your day one. Um, of your menstrual cycle and you know I'm going to describe it in a very archetypal way but every woman is different and experience it differently so you know in average it's three to five days a period would last then you come into pre-ovulation so you know your oestrogen is rising then we come to ovulation and again, whatever it occurs is different with the woman. In average, it says it's around day 12, day 14. Then you've got premenstruum, the rise of pre um, progesterone, and then we're coming back again to the day one to your period. And I think what most people will notice is that they might feel really horrible before their period. Yeah. And then they have their period, and that's kind of where it ends. Yeah. But you're talking about having discovered, oh, actually, there are positive and powerful aspects yeah. of your menstrual cycle. Yeah. And so I wonder whether you could talk a little bit about, about that. What are the positive? So for me, uh, my personal um, story with my menstrual cycle is that my hardest time emotionally is my pre-ovulation. It's not my premenstruum, where I feel the most vulnerable. It's I'm just coming out of my bleed. And it can last from three to five days. It can last up that I ovulate. Then I get a, a boost of energy and I manage to come out of it. But that's my most vulnerable. Um, ovulation, um, you know, I'm 38 and things are starting changing. So I know that I'm not ovulating every cycle anymore. So my energy level is not the same, you know. Uh, sometimes I'll be full of energy, outgoing, and some of the time it's um, it's a lull, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then premenstruum, I feel much more assertive, much more assertive, and much more balanced emotionally speaking. Then I'm coming to to my period, and then few days maybe. Two or three days before, I've got like extreme fatigue. Really, it's like the life energy is drawn out of me. Then my day one, it's very painful and, and huge tiredness, huge tiredness. It didn't used to be always like this, you know, throughout the years, it's changing. Uh, and then, you know, the pain only lasts for day one. Next day, um, there's no physical pain, but just extreme fatigue. Mm. So today we are speaking and I'm day five. Mm. So I'm just coming out. I know I'm in a vulnerable place and I'm speaking to you, but that's okay yeah. because with all that awareness, it is my choice. I said yes to our conversation, knowing that potentially I might be vulnerable, but that's okay because it was my decision. Mm, I love that, that actually you've been able to, you, the awareness has allowed you to empower make an empowered and informed decision. 
totally mm. totally and yeah. that's how I work mm. and so I've set up nature in me in 2017 and I'm developing that business very slowly you know I'm not in the friend of mine startup go 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 heavy marketing, you need that message, no at all, mm -hmm. is I need to develop it with, in some time with the amount of energy I have. So the menstrual cycle will really help me to manage where I can go, put my energy at what time. And it, so it develops really organically and slowly, and that is okay. Mm. It's my choice. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting because that's just kind of, the opposite of what we get told about the world of work yeah. and how it needs to happen. Yeah. And this is a much more natural way to work with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and actually in a way more efficient. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine even in, in the mainstream workplace, if we allow women to plug back in their own knowing mm. how productive they could be. Yeah. You know? Premenstrual, I could spend three days highly focused. <laughs> That focus, I'm struggling to have it in my pre-ovulation. Mm. So, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, I still am not in the privileged position that I don't need to do any other work. I need, you know, I need to get some cash in so I do other work. But then I know when to focus my energy towards nature and me, which is my passion. My dream is that girls have a choice. They know their body so that they come into uh, teenage world. They have a choice, an educated choice, but we need to pass on the knowledge about that. So at the moment, what's going on, um, it's more here is knowledge about the menstrual cycle in a very physical way. Um, it's often not spoken in a, either it's silenced or not spoken in a positive way within families. And then a girl comes into relationships and sexual activity and the result is on the pill. That's the only kind of mainstream narrative that I've been hearing a lot. Yeah, and and she's no longer experiencing her menstrual cycle in a natural way. No, yeah. no, no, no. And um, that choice of the pill has been brought by a sense of fear, you know. Uh, it's not out of choice. And that is very different. She has not made the choice for, for her own body. For me, that's, that's mm -hmm. crucial. It has to be different. There's kind of an assumption there that she can't make a wise choice. Exactly, exactly. And it has come through a lot in uh, different women's circles that I attended over the years. So, you know, that kind of, oh, if I had known, if I had known, comes back so often. Mm. So my dream is we, we share this information um, with our girls, within our families, within school. And so, you know, if they come to the GP, that's, you know, I'd love, they come to the GP and the GP says, well, before you can go to the pill, I need you to go through this program so that you know exactly what is, you know, what is involved being on a contraception. And I mean, there's tons of different contraception nowadays. Um, because one day I attended a workshop and a female GP was there. 
And I was so excited. And I said, oh, my God, you're going to bring this menstrual cycle awareness to your practice. And she said, no. I said, what do you mean, no? She said, I've got 10 minutes per appointment. Mothers who come through with their daughters, they want to leave with a prescription for the pill. Yeah. You know, that is it. So her, her hands are tied. Her hands are tied. As she said, as a GP, her hands are tied. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, uh, but for her own personal development, she's absolutely tuned into that. But there must be another way because I know that I did natural family planning on the NHS mm -hmm. um, years and years ago, which was my introduction yeah. to the menstrual cycle. And um, it was fascinating to me that that was even available. Yeah. I only knew about it because a friend said, I told a friend I didn't want to be on the pill and she said, well, why don't you go and check this out? Yeah. And so my husband, who wasn't my husband yet, we went along and we had a, a whole education. We had a series of, of meetings with this woman who yeah. taught us about so much to do with charting and, yes. you know, bar when to use barrier methods mm -hmm. and different things that are available, not yeah. just the condom and, you know, all of that stuff. And you think that, sh that should be available to any anyone. To everybody. That's what that kind of vacation I want to see in school. Mm. And, and not stopping just on the physicality of things to bring it much into the emotional and how in you know how this affects us, mm. not just in the realm of the physical. Yeah. You know. Mm. That is a big massive gap. And I know uh, the curriculum is starting to change within school to bring more the emotional side of things. Um, but it's all about you know pushing bias, going you know so yes, that's that's my dream. And so linking with the outer cycles, you know, at the moment we have a group of girls um, doing forest school in all weathers, you know. So I use when we discuss a menstrual cycle, I use the images of the season because you know our bodies change seasonally, and and the girls have got something to to go back to, you know. When we had, we went through those rainy, windy days in autumn, you know, well, actually, we were resilient. We mm -hmm. came through them and we managed to have fun, you know. And it's knowing we've got those powers inside our body as well. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, actually. But so being out there in nature is helping them to connect to something inside yes. them. And the fact to, to say we are cyclical being is nothing uh, out of, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing of the world, you know. You are, we are surrounded with cycles and we witness them as we expose ourselves to nature, you know, as we are in nature. It's, this is in front of our eyes constantly. We just need to, to open our eyes a bit more. Um, so how do you see this affecting affecting girls in the short term, in the present? Um, how do they respond to talking about well, cycle? No, it's like what you know. If a mum, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go a workshop a workshop during the weekend to talk about the menstrual cycle and period. It's like no way, no thank you. You know, that's, <laughs> you know. And of course, I understand you don't want to speak to this with a stranger, you know, it's a bit. Um, 
it's not yet in the mainstream acceptance you know it's it's still something weird taboo you know oh, period it's annoying it's dirty you know it's real inconvenience um so yes no girls aren't coming willingly to learn about it definitely right. no, okay. no 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 it's often mothers who are themselves in tune with it who will bring their daughters and those daughters will be more inclined to come because they've witnessed their mother's relationship with it which is so this is for the inner cycle work yes yeah 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 yes yeah. for the so inner cycle yeah, work, we definitely. do a celebration day kind of an education yeah yes yeah. definitely and circle time yeah and that's why it's so important to work with the mothers which is different from school curriculum is a girl a, a prime role model around the menstrual cycle is a mother yeah so if the mother is hiding everything not mentioning it um that will be noticed you know and it's like oh there's silence so i need to keep silence so it's like so yes if mothers are open with it then the girl is open with it because she doesn't sense the shame, the taboo, because in the, within the family it isn't, but in many families it is. And often it's an unconscious taboo. We think women be very open-minded. Um, I've spoken to a woman not so long ago and she said, we came onto the shaming and taboo and she said, oh my God, you're right. My son has asked me why there were blood in the toilet and my direct, she said my direct uh, answer was, oh, um, dedicated to himself. Oh, right. Wow. And, and it's just like, and she just realized, she said, oh my God. And I said, that would have been a prime opportunity because the question come naturally. It's not, we need to talk. Is letting the children come with a question. When they're ready, they come with a question and you answer them. And yeah. also giving an answer like that is kind of, I mean, that's something that's potentially worrying to a child. Yes, oh, yes. my parents cut themselves. Yeah, you know, in the sense with a razor or something, you know. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. And, and she just realised, wow. And she never thought she'd do something like this, you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's really unconscious. Uh, and then it's afterwards we realise. But I always say to parents, you know, even when you've got young children, the moment your children are born, you know, uh, mothers leave everything out you know whatever you use just leave everything out because a question will come naturally you know mm-hmm. and children when they're very young they're constantly in the toilet with us for quite a few years anyway <laughs> so um let them let them see mm-hmm. you know so even if nature and me never take off as a big business or anything i always make sure whoever i need this is brought into the conversation in one way or another um i've had many women you know thanking me for speaking about it openly one-to-one people are willing to engage with that conversation to talk about it and and share their story uh in a group environment um even in an informal group environment no no it's too it's too taboo it's just it's just too so point um and I know I'm creating the change by every single conversation, I think one-to-one, by, you know, by showing my vulnerability, you know. Mm-hmm. Today, today, I had to do a talk where I used to work before, 
on menstrual cycle awareness. And Zato kept pushing back and pushing back, pushing back. And then they said, yeah, today's okay, you can do it. And it turned out to be my day one. Mm. My day one where my focus is pain management. It was, and actually that's how I said the best introduction. You know what? Today I'm at my day one. So that was the opening of my conversation. This is how I'm experiencing the day. And this is how I'm going to manage the day within work, you know. So, uh, so did you do the talk? Yeah, 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 I did wow. the talk. I'm impressed that I, I wouldn't be able to do that on my day one. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I was, but again, that was, I could have said, no, actually, that's not suitable for me anymore. So, you know, the dates had been pushed and pushed and now it's coming to my door. It's not suitable for me. I sat with it and I said, do I want to do it? Do I not want? And I, it was, again, my decision to say, yeah, actually, I want to do it. So do you notice a shift with girls when they, ha when they come for the, the inner cycle work, mm. where they go from, oh, my God, why am I here, yeah. to actually? Yeah. So what happens? It's funny because, so um, at first, yes, everybody... It's a bit like awkward and everything, but when we do, we do talk a lot, but we do our craft in the same time. So the hands are busy, you can listen, it's not hard focused, like you know. Um, so the girls really engage with the craft things, and then questions come up and everything, and then mothers are introduced coming back with us. And it's funny because at, at, at first, it's like daughter's mother separated you know but at the end of the day they can link up to each other you know suddenly they've been brought back to each other and you know the idea they're sharing something together uh, the mothers sharing their story as well and that's why for me a group um needs to be you know i want minimum four to six pairs of girls and mothers because i really want the girls to hear the variety of experiences you know I don't want to sell just a positive message of this no 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 that's not real either you know yeah. taboo we need to challenge that but I don't want to go to the extreme where everything is beautiful and menstrual cycle awareness it's all the answer to everything you know no no it's not it's it's the um bringing truth of the experience you know and that's why we need to hear those stories mm. yeah Definitely. And, you know, it's coming to an edge where often 11, 12, 13, you know, 14, it's the girls want to separate from, from their mother. And it's an, a difficult age uh, stage often. Uh, they are brought back together in the knowledge that they have some an experience in common, you know. And that's the occasion for the mothers to reiterate that message, you know, I'm here for you if you need you know, but allowing the girls to individuate as well in the same time because they have that common experience. Mm. You do this work with, um, you do some of the work with mothers beforehand. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is involved in that? So um, you have a 12-hour workshop with the mothers to prepare the mothers for the whole day workshop, for the celebration day. And first is to share information how the day is going to go. And it's looking... Um, mothers looking at their first experience, how was their menarche like, how was their first period like, um, is it still emotionally loaded, you know, because I don't want mothers to suddenly break down in front of the group of the girls, so if there is still emotionally loaded, 
we need to unpack that mm. so that the mother can be present on the day for their daughters you know but with that you know we are not asking to embellish the experience i'm just wanted to be age appropriate in the way it's expressed um, so it's important to create that safe container. And for the mothers, so to, to meet each other at first hand, you know. Um, and then I'm asking mothers as well to, to um, bring, to tell us about an important woman in their lives. And sometimes that can be very difficult. Mm, yeah. it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't come like that at all. Mm. So it's just to give a bit of space for mothers to, to ponder on their own experience, where they are at, where, how they share the, carry the shame, the taboo, and um, yeah, be prepared, be really present for their daughters on the day. Yeah, I was going to ask you what kinds of questions the girls ask. They can ask anything, you know. Um, it can be about conception, you know, pregnancy. Um, it can <laughs> they do ask questions about boys. Okay. Yes, you know, because they notice the difference, you know, so they want to understand the difference. Why boys would behave this way? Why do they say this kind of things to us? You know, they do notice the change of their body, changes the behavior of the boys as well. So they do notice that. Um, is that your cat? It is my cat. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I've got cats as well, and they're also very insistent. <laughs> there's a clue to do. Um, so, yes, um, about the body, they might notice, uh, you know, about pubic hair. So, you know, they might notice as a member of their families and not feel comfortable to ask to them. So, you know, all they notice the changes in other members of the family, the differences, and then they will ask. But, um, so, to accommodate for different of personality, you know, we have a question box and a paper and a pen, and then there is a time where you can write questions and it's anonymous. Um, some girls will, depending, because the girls mature at a different rate, some girls might ask, um, question about sex and it's a question we will answer so all celebration day for god is not a sex ed workshop however we're going to honor the girl's question and we're going to answer it age appropriately you know noticing where all the girls are at and and answer the question too it strikes me thinking about building community, the idea of revillaging, mm. that the work that you're doing is actually what would have been the function of communities, mm -hmm. you know, at one point in time yeah. where girls were initiated into becoming women yeah. by older women. Yeah. And now that's lost. It's lost. I mean, you know, it's the same with Forest School, you know, I'm taking children outdoors when you know, my generation, we did that. You know, it's only we lost it this last generation of children not going and experiencing nature anymore. So really, it's, it's should not, my job should not exist. And menstrual cycle awareness, we have lost the village many centuries ago, many, many centuries ago. Um, so that's why we you know we have to step up again and bring it around and i want to bring it in a different way not so clinical 
No. That's interesting that you say not so political because I think when we think about the fact that we've lost community, that we live in a more isolationist way now, we think, well, we're paying for that with loneliness, we might be paying for that with poverty, you know, there are lots of things like that, but I don't think we necessarily think that we're paying for it with shame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it is clinical because it's not something that we want to talk about. No. I don't know. It's it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Um, Your menstrual cycle, it's your feedback loop. So wherever you are in your on your life journey, your menstrual cycle will uh, have a response to it. Menstrual cycle is really sensitive to stress, um, to depression, you know. So it tells you how you are experiencing life at the moment. Do you want to awake to that or not? Can you meet that? So yes, there is the physical side of things, how to manage uh, painful periods or emotional uh, premenstrual. But why is it so? There is a reason why many women struggle premenstrually. You know, it's not, oh, she's just hormonal. Not at all. Yes, we change because our hormones level change at all times through the cycle. And why can't we cope with those hormonal, hormonal changes? It's, it's a meeting with the um, outer life, you know, what's going on. And we can't dismiss it as just being, oh, it's just hormonal. No, 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 no. You know, you have to meet what's going on from the outer life, you know, what creates that friction, that stress, the strong emotional response. Mm. So that, la- that lost collective knowledge about what is going on inside of us, mm-hmm. we're actually paying for that with physical pain as well absolutely with just lots of suffering yeah because that's another thing that happens when you go to the gp if you have any problem with your menstrual cycle you'll probably get offered the pill yes yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh so i noticed about a year and a half ago my cycle changing my bleed changing where my bleed is extremely light you know i, I, I sometimes i spend uh, a, a bleed on two pads the level of pain, physical pain is the same, but the bleed is not there. And I came to see where I was at, commonly speaking, in the changing. And I was met with, aren't you supposed to be happy about that? I was got smacked by that response of a male GP. I was got smacked. And I said, no, because I know my cycle. Um, I know the pattern has changed. Something is going on. It can be the simple change you know, going towards nearer menopause. I don't know, maybe I could go through menopause much earlier than other people. I want you to check out, you know? You think you think that there'd be some concern. You know, and I was just met with, aren't you supposed to be happy about that? Aren't you supposed to be happy to have a light blade, you know? Mm. Um, I just found it incredible. So, because I'm educated myself, uh, I was able to be assertive. And again, I decided when to go to the GP following, you know, I was, I knew not to go to the GP on my pre-ovulation when I'm the most vulnerable and that comment would have been so painful to hear and I probably would have shut up and go away. So I waited to be in my premenstrual and then I knew I would be much more assertive and I said, actually, I want the checks because, of, you know, you have to push for those because of probably economic climate you have to push for this thing it's 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 a battle it's even you know first for a woman to allow herself to go to the gp to recognize i need help 
you know, you have to bring yourself there. Then you are met with such a lack of empathy, you know. Uh, you need to be pretty tough to actually, no, no, I need that. But there's a lack of knowledge, isn't, isn't there? That's where it's coming from. A lack of knowledge, uh, yes, because GP are general practitioner. It's really funny because you've got the general practitioner and then you've got the gynecologists are super, super focused on one area and sometimes that can be the other extreme, which is can be detrimental also. You know, we need to strike a balance between the two. Um, and it's a lack of time for GPs as well, of course, you know. The way general practitioners are doing their work now to 20 years ago is totally different, totally different. So we really need to take back responsibility and educate ourselves. And, and that is empowering, you know. Um, and of course, I acknowledge that not everybody has can buy books or anything, um, but libraries now we can ask libraries to get books for us, and um, and women's circles, you know, women's circles. There's a lot coming, you know, coming up. So, so often they they appear. So it's an open circle, and then once you want to deep, deepen into your practice, you might close the circle to a certain number of women to create a really strong safe container and dive deeper in it. Then there is another woman's because women have attended one woman's circle. I need this, I need this, and then she's going to step up and say, I'm going to hold you know a woman's circles. And you learn, you know, and first you have to go through, but who am I? Who am I to bring this? You know, and it's you have to go with a you know, gross mindset, I'm going to learn, and it's okay. And when she means a woman saying, you know, I've never done this before, but I've experienced it, and I'd like to create another women's circle and it just pops up like this it's amazing yeah i have a women's circle as well yeah so and i really identify with that yeah <laughs> what i find interesting though is that rather than having to wait until they're adults girls are getting the opportunity through the work that you're doing mm. to by the time they are 38 you know they, they will be such good advocates of themselves absolutely themselves. absolutely i've met some young women in their early 20s who are already switched on mm. so we need really the way the menstrual cycle awareness is brought to them um we really need to engage with the twins and the teens really mm. that would be amazing and a lot um a lot of the mental health problem would change, would change because you learn to know your own body, you learn who you are, you know. If, if you take a contraception without knowing exactly the consequence of that contraception, you are stopping a process going on within you physically and emotionally speaking. Once you stop that contraception often if the body can because sometimes it cannot uh, will resume where you left it mm -hmm. and some problem will reoccur and you think i need to go back to the pill the body needs to go through the process we need to grow we always go through a process if we decide to sever it for one reason or another we numb ourselves and i hear a lot of women saying how they enjoyed discovering themselves after taking a contraception, you know, it's just like, 
I felt so different because they've learned about themselves. When you learn about yourself, you know, you are more empowered and you cannot be controlled so much anymore. And so it, it can really change the way you experience life. Um, and I'm, my talk is not I am against contraception whatsoever. What I'm against is um, the delivery of contraception with the, without the education going on, on the side. Mm. You know? yeah. it's, the, the, the side effects are rarely mentioned. Yeah. For me, I took on this appeal two years when I was 18 and 20, uh, depression, you know, and I put a lot on weight. And then when I stopped, those, those symptoms dwindled. So, you know, it's, yeah, education. I want the girls to have an educated choice about their own body. But imagine, um, you know, they learn, to, they, they learn about their own body. So when they start relationship, sexual relationship, they, they're much more present and they have a voice to say, actually, I do not like that. Actually, I don't want that. Actually, I want that, you know? But it has to start early. And often we shame, you know, we shame our body through using words like um, menstrual hygiene, as if we are dirty, you know. Um, another one uh, word which uh, really rubbed me the wrong way, and now I can't remember, so I must have decided to ignore it. Totally. <laughs> so completely out of your consciousness. Uh, totally, you know. Um, Another one is sometimes girls in their own little ways would mention masturbation, you know. Um, is it mentioning the world as it is or, you know, it feels funny down there and I feel like touching it. Is it normal? Or fun would remove a child's hand, you know, uh, and a child very young will start touching its genitals. And actually, it's about discovering what your body is made of, you know. It's literally the discovery of your own body. Um, so if we were much more open about men, uh, masturbation and not shaming it, a child coming to a sexual relationship knowing what is enjoyable and what is not, it's massive. It's really interesting because we're kind of being driven then to be secretive about these really normal things that yes. we all share, yeah. which is driving a disconnect from between people who live in the same home even. Yeah. And a disconnect between us and ourselves. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And that has the half wider, that has half wider effects. Massively. M massively. I mean, nowadays, that's why maybe the rise of menstrual cycle awareness is coming at the same time with a strong rise of pornography. Because we need to strike a balance, you know. Most teenage people will have their education nowadays through pornography because it's so easily available uh, through the internet. And when I was working in a school, you know, things the pastoral uh, team had to deal with, I'm just thinking, oh my God, is it really like this? It's frightening. It's frightening. So since you're talking about schools, I kind of wonder how could it be, how could this be rolled out to schools? How could mental cycle awareness education be brought into schools? Because I think you had a personal experience with that. Yeah. And at the moment, it was a negative one. When I contacted uh, my son's school, I was uh, told that they could not help me uh, as such with the 
advertising of nature and me of menstrual cycle education when you're five and six because I was considered as competition to their curriculum. And it's very telling of our times, really, the word competition. We have to compete for everything. We cannot... There was not even a question of collaboration. Mm. And, and, and that was painful to realise. It was really painful to realise. So, and there is a... School need to engage parents. And only at the moment, the way they engage parents in that conversation is by bringing them for an hour talk on presenting the curriculum in itself and have a say... Uh, do you think that's all right or not? And that's it, and that stops there. Mm. Um, like for other things, parents need support in bringing that conversation into their families. It has to be in the family. This conversation has to be in the center of the family. Um, because it's often generation who have so much shame and taboo, you know. We, we're the first one coming through it, singing, okay, hang on, enough is enough. We can't carry this anymore, you know. This is not our just our baggage. It's, it's everybody's baggage. We need to, to unpack it. So, yes, I wish really schools engage parents in a much deeper way with this work and not just this is what we're going to do. Do you agree, yes or no? What do you think we could change? So in my uh, Sunday school, um, mothers have, have voiced that that curriculum needs to be brought in your four because often it's presented at the end of your five and uh, some girls already menstruate, you know, they are menstruators and they need that support because their body are changing physically massively, but psychologically they are young children still. So year four is eight, nine. Yeah. Year five is nine, ten. Yeah. 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 It's literally, we are dismantling the taboo once we stop silencing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it will take time to come to the global level. But, you know, for you, personal level in your own community, it's massive between friends, between sisters, between daughters, mothers, you know, start talking about it. And... It's amazing the power you can have on somebody else. You might not realize the difference you can make for somebody else's life by speaking about it openly. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revillaging. Please rate it, review it, subscribe so others can find the podcast. You can find the show notes on adelejarrettcar.com. The link is in the episode description. You can also chat with me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Adele JK in both places.